You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A lot to get to on this first podcast of 2020. A new decade has begun, and this is the first podcast of the year. A lot to get to like normal. Going to talk BYU football. News coming out about Kairos Tonga deciding to remain with BYU for 2020. We'll break that down. Also some news regarding BYU's Juco wide receiver Christopher Jackson and a whole lot more getting you ready for that. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for January 2nd, 2020. What's up, guys? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast, all focused on BYU. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. So check us out Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Wherever you listen to your podcast, this podcast can be found, and we are with you daily, keeping you guys up to date on everything going on in BYU sports. Let's start off with the biggest news. The new year kicked off in a big way with the announcement from Kairos Tonga earlier this week that he will return to BYU in 2020 for his senior season. On its head, that's a massive, massive recruiting win for Kalani Sitake to keep his best defensive lineman in the fold for at least one more year. Uh, I was surprised that Kairos decided to do this because he had talked openly so many different times about his desire to jump to the NFL after this season. In his announcement, he says, Trust the coaches, trust the process, trust family. I have decided to stay at BYU for my senior year. See you in 2020. Go Cougs. And then signed, it was a graphic that was put out by BYU, obviously with Kairos Tonga requesting that. But it's some big-time news for BYU because Kairos Tonga is a true two-gap player a guy that the physical skills he had uh, are what the NFL scouts are all looking for. A matter for him going into his senior season is similar to the discussions we've had about him in the past. It's a matter of him being able to be a three-down lineman and be able to participate every down and be effective every down. We saw him at points this season, none more so than the game against USC, where he absolutely was dominant in the middle of BYU's defensive line, was able to bull rush opponents back into the quarterback, going back to that USC game. It happened to other points this year, but none more apparent than that USC game when Brett Nealon, a four star prospect just couldn't handle Kairos Tonga just got manhandled by him all game long and Tonga is going to be BYU's best NFL draft prospect going into the 2021 draft now Uh, it looks like as it stands right now Diane Gonwoloku probably is BYU's best hope for a draft pick in this upcoming draft cycle with the announcement from both Matt Bushman and Tonga Kairos Tonga and their decision to return to BYU for their senior seasons but this is a big win for BYU 2020 could be a payoff year if everything comes together for the BYU football program. You have a BYU offense that is finally growing up. It's going to be a bevy of upperclassmen along the offensive line. The quarterback spot with Zach Wilson going into his junior season. You have running backs in hope that you hope can step up in Lopini Katoa. Maybe one or two guys from the transfer portal with the announcement that uh, Tyson Williams is not going to chase an NCAA hardship waiver. The tight end group with Matt Bushman will be very talented. So the offense should be very stout. But additionally, the BYU defense should be 
growing up as well. The secondary should be bolstered by the returns full-time of Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. The defensive line with Kyrus Tonga returning along the defensive line should be very stout. If they can find some consistent pass rush on the exterior of that defensive line, that would be a benefit. A guy like Uriah Leatawa, you hope him going into his senior season, he finally breaks through and has the year that he's hoped to have. He showed some sparks and some 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 flashes of what he could do early this season, but it didn't necessarily translate to a full year worth of that. We'll see if he's able to come through in that regard. Guys like Alden Tofi, I hope, are able to have an impact. Maybe Devin Kafusi as well. The linebacking core for BYU is very, very young. Extremely young this season, but still young going into 2020, but all of the experience they got should help them out. So this could be a payoff year for BYU in 2020, regardless of how, how stout the schedule looks for BYU. They're playing 11 games that they could in theory lose, I feel like. They're all very good opponents, it feels like, up and down this schedule. The only one that's a gimme is the FCS game against North Alabama in November. So BYU, yeah, they could be a better team, a payoff year in terms of the talent on the roster going into 2020, but a record of 8-4 and four, wouldn't be all that surprising, at least looking at it right now. We're months and months away from this. We're just kicking off the new year. They don't start play until September of this year. But as it stands right now, I feel like BYU, with the announcements of both Matt Bushman and Kyrus Tonga returning to the Cougars in 2020, looking very, very promising for BYU to have a good year next year against what might be their best schedule as an FBS independent in the independence era for BYU, their 10th year as an independent, 10th season, I guess I should say, as an independent. I just, I'm bullish on this team right now. I'm very bullish on what BYU's got coming back on the roster, the additions they're making on the roster, etc. But you look at it and you do wonder, okay, with how stout that schedule is, are they actually going to be able to be the breakthrough team that beats Utah, that makes a run maybe at 10 wins, that type of stuff? Man, it's tough to say at this point. I feel like it's a very stout schedule. A lot of opponents on there that BYU could lose to a bevy of Power 5 teams, both coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium as well as away games at Utah and Arizona State in particular. So the Cougars, if they do win 9-10 games in the 2020 season, that is the breakthrough season that BYU fans have been waiting for. It's a matter of, okay, how good are these opponents going to be going into 2020, the 2020 season, and can BYU live up to their expectations with the talent that appears to be on this roster? We're about to find out. we got a long ways to go, and we'll be covering it for you each and every day here on Locked On Cougars, making sure you stay up to date on everything going on with the football program. We'll talk a little bit more about the football program, some recruiting news here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that this podcast is for you guys. It's for you to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. What I hope to do in this new year is have more interaction with the fans. I want your guys' insight on topics you want to hear about. You can reach out to the show anytime on social media. We are available on all the major social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check us out, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you always can reach out to the show via email by emailing us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. One of the nice things about that email address is now with the new voice memo features 
features on all smartphones. You actually can record a clip. I'd, I'd prefer you keep it under a minute, under 60 seconds, with your thoughts on anything BYU related. All you have to do is record that voice memo and then email it to us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com, and we'll get your thoughts, your voice on air. They come through very clear. It's actually a fantastic feature, and that's a new thing I want to do in this new year with BYU and their my coverage of the Cougars on this podcast. A reminder for you guys, use that voice memo, record it, keep it under 60 seconds, ideally maybe under 30 seconds. We'll get it on the air. We'll get you my thoughts with my reaction to your reaction. Make sure to record that voice memo and then send it to us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Want to have you guys more involved as we head into this new year. All right, guys, let's talk some BYU football recruiting here. And the news coming out, and it's not official, but in talking with some sources around the program, I've seen other people talking about this as well. In talking with some people around the BYU football program, Christopher Jackson, a member of BYU's recruiting class in the early signing period, he will not participate in spring ball this year. He is not going to join BYU next week as the new semester kicks off the winter semester as he is still finishing up classes that he needs to get cleared by the NCAA clearinghouse to graduate from Mount San, Antonio, Mount San Antonio College down there in Southern California before joining BYU. Now, it's disappointing on its head to see a guy who was announced and expected to join BYU as a mid-year enrollee not be able to get, get cleared and get his paperwork in order, his classwork in order to do that. But the good news is from what I'm hearing from talking with people is that he's still on track to join BYU. He will just be a summer enrollee like a lot of the freshmen coming in with BYU. He'll enroll then and get his work in. You would have liked to seen him in spring ball absolutely getting work with the quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, etc. But I think this actually opens up an opportunity for the wide receivers already on the roster for BYU. Of course they're graduating three of them in Aleva Hifo, Talon Shumway, and Micah Simon. The other receivers still on the roster. I'm speaking of guys like Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, Keanu Hill, Tavita Ika. They now have their opportunity in spring ball to really show the coaches what they can do. I truly believe there's going to be open competition at all spots this spring for BYU. If not, it's going to be a contrived uh, competition, I feel like, because Kalani Satake has been very open about saying that every job is always open for competition, and it looks like it's an opportunity now for some of these younger wide receivers who had their moments. We've seen guys like Keanu Hill really show what they could do late in the season this year. Dax Milne has caught just impressive touchdowns all of his career so far, the first two years he's played there, and Gunnar Romney, he hasn't had the breakout performance that many people hoped he would have had, I feel like, in a BYU uniform, but now I think he is going to be one of the focal points for BYU going into 2020, and spring ball is going to be his opportunity to really show out and show, hey, I've got what I, I I've got the tools to really show what I can do. One other guy who will rejoin the mix for BYU, provided he is cleared by the university, he spent he spent the last season redshirting as part of his university mandated suspension is Neil Pau. Six foot four, 223 pound wide receiver. He will be a junior when he rejoins the BYU football program, whether that's next semester if he's cleared or during the summer. I can tell you this much. There are members of the BYU offensive coaching staff that believe that Neil Pau is as good as any wide receiver that BYU has had in the recent past. They feel like the work he has done this year, he's mainly worked on the scout team, uh, 
with the BYU football program. He has been just a man amongst boys. He's been a great scout team player. He's done everything he's been asked to do by the BYU coaching staff in terms of getting himself back in good standing with the football program. I don't necessarily know his status with the university, speaking of Brigham Young University right now, but once he is cleared to rejoin BYU in full, the BYU football program in full, and get back on the field, you can guarantee that Neil Pout will want to be one of the top wideouts for BYU this year. Like I said, he's got the requisite size. Six foot four, 223 pounds. You can't teach that at the wide receiver position. And everything I have heard is that the coaching staff at BYU really thinks that Neil Pau had a breakthrough this past offseason and the season that just passed through the 2018 season. They feel like he really came along nicely and he's going to be a steady option for BYU if he's able to stay healthy and get cleared to rejoin the football program in good standing by the university, etc. So there's a big opportunity here staring a lot of these young wide receivers in the face during spring ball coming up with the news that Christopher Jackson won't join BYU until the summer. You also have young prospects on this roster. I look up and down this wide receiver group. You have guys like Luke Andrada. He's been this past season very much on the scout team, still a very raw prospect. What can he show in the spring? Luke Andrada has pure, unadulterated speed coming from Pueblo, Colorado. I've spoken uh, with BYU coach is down there, mainly Fessy Satake, and he told me, Luke Andrada has all of the speed in the world. It's a matter of more refining his game as a wide receiver, because he was a true athlete, mainly played quarterback at the high school level. It's a matter of getting him ingratiated with the BYU offense and making him into a true wide receiver. So he's a guy who's got an opportunity here in spring ball as well to really show what he can do. Braden Cosper has been on the roster for two years now. He's dealt with numerous knee injuries, a wide receiver prospect from Bingham High School has the size similar to what we talked about with Neil Pau, six foot three, two hundred and five pounds. If he can stay healthy for any significant significant stretch of time, I know the coaching staff is high on his physical tools. It's just a matter of will his health allow him to participate. We're gonna find out. So. The news of uh, Christopher Jackson not being cleared to join BYU this upcoming semester and be part of spring ball, offseason workouts, and the like, yes, that is disappointing, but there is a lot of talent uh, that is going to get a lot of work in spring ball without a guy like Christopher Jackson coming in to take a lot of those reps away from them in the wide receiver group for BYU, and I think that's a good thing to have if you're the BYU football program. It gives these young players the opportunity to show, you know what, I truly can compete at this position. You have other guys on this roster, besides the guys we haven't named, who are on the roster, like Spencer Romney, uh, Nephi Stevens, Jacob Talbot, Jacob Boren. You have names on this roster, Coy Harris, Talmadge Gunther. Well, guess what? They've been sitting on the roster, mainly playing scout team and special teams, and they're going to want to make a name for themselves. Can they make a step up in spring ball? We're about to find out. So, yes, disappointing that Christopher Jackson will not join BYU, couldn't get his paperwork and his classwork in order to enroll at the mid-year. But the nice part is, is there's an opportunity here for the wide receiving core at BYU that's still remaining there that should be part of the program going into spring ball. Gives them a big opportunity to show what they can do. And guess what? A byproduct of this as well, the tight end group for BYU. Matt Bushman, proven option. But beyond him, there's a lot of young talent on that roster who hasn't necessarily proven anything to a large degree. Alema Pelimai, Isaac Rex, Hank Tui Pelotu, Car- Carter Wheat, Mason Wake, 
all of these guys are going to be looking to make an impression in spring ball. Well, guess what? Here's your opportunity coming up here in off-season workouts with weightlifting, working with the strength and conditioning coaches. It's a big opportunity staring these BYU players in the face. Will they take advantage of it? We're going to find out over the coming days and months, and we'll be covering it all for you here on the podcast. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, want to ask you guys to make sure that you give us a star rating on whichever podcast service you're listening to this podcast. Those star ratings, I know they seem trivial. They don't necessarily seem like, why, why do you care so much, Jake? Well, the reason I care is because the algorithms that the podcast Podcatchers, these podcast providers use to really uh, get the word out and really promote podcasts, the most popular ones on their platforms. Well, if they see people interacting with the podcast, giving us star ratings, writing reviews, etc., they promote it as well and it helps build the audience and this new year I want to continue to build this audience we've had record breaking numbers in the final quarter of 2019 that's what you would expect with football season etc but I would like to keep those numbers up throughout this upcoming year and continue to boost them so please give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast service you use us on it really does help us get the word out about Locked On Cougars all right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, I want to run down the other BYU news you need to know about going into this coming weekend. Let's start off with a big game tonight. Number 17, Gonzaga in women's basketball. The men's team, obviously, number one in the country. But the women's basketball team up there in Spokane, speaking of the Bulldogs, is very, very talented. They're in Provo tonight taking on the women's basketball team. Jeff Judkins going for win 401 in his BYU career. This game will be televised on BYU. TV, also a stream on the BYU TV app if you want to watch the game that way. But this game tonight, it's a big one for the BYU women's basketball program. A year ago, BYU swept the regular season series from the Zags and really helped propel BYU to an NCAA tournament berth as an at-large bid after they didn't win the automatic bid in the West Coast Conference Tournament. This is a different BYU women's basketball team this year. have had some injuries and lackluster play early on this season, so maybe not uh, as good of a team this year, speaking of the Cougars, as they face off against Gonzaga, but it's an opportunity nonetheless for Jeff Judkins and his team to strike some fear into the opponents, the rest of the West Coast Conference, with a win tonight. Going to be a hard, hard-fought win if they do pull it out, but I'm hoping to see the women's basketball team from BYU have a great showing tonight in Provo against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Best of luck to jo- Juddy and his team as they get ready uh, to face off the bull against Gonzaga tonight. One other note for you guys is tomorrow, the men's, ba- men's not basketball, men's basketball is in action on Saturday against Loyola Marymount. We'll break that down on tomorrow's podcast. I want to talk about men's volleyball. They head into the season ranked in the top three in the NCAA. They return all but one significant contributor from the 2019 team or the 20, yeah, 2019 team going into 2020. I'm still screwed up by this new year, guys. It's only two days in. I'm still screwed up, but it'll be probably a month before I'm really kind of into the groove of saying it's 2020. But BYU men's volleyball, they have a big opportunity to stare them in the face. They're on the road to start off their season in Chicago. They're facing, against, facing off against number 11 Loyola Chicago tomorrow. That'll be at 7 o'clock Central Time. That's 6 o'clock Mountain Time. They'll follow that up with another match on Saturday against number 6 Lewis, also out there in Illinois. And this could be the start of a very special season for men's volleyball. 
The men's volleyball program at BYU has been very steady over the last decade plus, but they have not broken through and won that elusive NCAA championship. Could this be the year for BYU men's volleyball? You hope so, because like I said, only one significant contributor left the roster a year ago. Sean Olmstead and his team, they should be locked and loaded this year. Last year, yeah, they suffered some significant losses. They had a bunch of injuries a year ago, but I think a lot of the experience they gained, some of the young talent that are, is on this roster for men's volleyball, I think it's going to serve them well as they look to start off this season. I know that a lot of you maybe don't pay attention very closely to BYU men's volleyball, but this is an elite, elite team. I'm excited to see what they can do this year. The men's volleyball team, if you've seen the women's volleyball team in action at the Smith Fieldhouse and how it just crazy the environment gets there, men's volleyball is very much the same. So if you haven't had a chance to go out to the Smith Fieldhouse and watch volleyball in action, High-level collegiate volleyball is a ton of fun, and BYU's got a lot of talent, like I said. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez going into his junior year, the six foot seven opposite hitter. He's expected to have a big part on this team. You also look at other guys on this roster. Felipe Debrito Ferreira, middle blocker, six foot nine, middle blocker from Brazil. He's going to be anchoring the middle of BYU's defense along with Mickey Juhanen. By the way, Mickey Juhanen might be the smartest guy I've ever met. He has a 4.0 GPA in computer science, all while being an All-American in men's volleyball. Pretty impressive athlete there. Student athlete, I guess I should say. Other guys expected to have a big impact include freshman sensation Davide Gardini who goes into his sophomore year. If you haven't seen the Italian sensation, I would encourage you to check it out. And also you're going to see some guys like Will Stanley, Gavin Heap, and Brody Ernest playing that setter spot. A lot of talent there. They have to set up their opponent, they're set up their teammates against their opponents. I'm really excited to track BYU men's volleyball this year ton of talent on the roster. They have all the pieces in place. It looks like on paper to make a run at an NCAA national championship. Maybe 2020, a new decade, will be the year that BYU finally breaks through and wins their first national championship since 2004. It's been 16 long years. I think it's about time BYU breaks through and wins a national championship. We'll, of course, have it covered for you here on Locked on Cougars. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining us once again in the new year. If If you're new to the podcast, welcome in. We are your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, making sure you are the smartest BYU fan in the room when you're talking with your family and friends. I hope you guys had a great holiday season. If you're just rejoining us after the holidays, hope you guys had a ton of fun, had a great Christmas and an enjoyable new year. It's an exciting time to be a BYU fan, regardless of how disappointing that BYU football season may have ended with that loss to Hawaii. But... We're going to have everything covered for you. BYU basketball is rolling right now, speaking of the men's basketball program. They open up West Coast Conference play on Saturday. We'll have that covered for you. We have a preview of what to expect from Loyola Marymount, as well as the rest of the West Coast Conference on tomorrow's podcast. And this podcast is just getting going, guys. We're almost to 400 episodes, and I can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 2nd, 2020. 